Meanwhile, in the pot cave. Welcome back to another edition of the Podmen. I'm Brad. I'm Brian. <laughs> I'm Podman Ron. All right, Podman Ron. Uh, were you waiting for Alex to join us? Oh, you know what? I just forgot where I was. <laughs> <laughs> we are. God, we are recording a little bit later tonight, uh, about an hour later, uh, because uh, Brian had a previous engagement. He had a dinner date, evidently. Uh, and then Ale- Absolute Alex had better things to do. So, yeah, I'm kind of with you there, PMR. I'm just kind of, uh, I'm in my own little world. Are we recording yet? Only you know, Brad. <laughs> That's true. Only We are recording. We are, you know, you know us. We very rarely actually cut and start anything over or no editing because I'm lazy about it. So uh, we'll plow through. Podman Ron, are you ready to record? Let's do it. All right. We're doing it. All right. Uh, we, want, we want the listeners to love us for our, uh, all of us, our, uh, uh, um, the good and the bad. The good and the bad. They, they, we take us. Our imperfections. Yeah. Take us as we are. Uh, you hear everything that we are pretty much. Almost. Almost. Uh, Patreon listeners, uh, as Podman Ron uh, likes to dream about us having a Patreon account. Patreon listeners, maybe they'll get the extra five minutes before the show that we do the prep in. Maybe oh, the Green about, Room. Yeah. The Green about, Room episodes. Yeah. Should we set up like an OnlyFans website for the Podman? <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. That would be good. I don't know. Uh, that's where you can subscribe to the Podman After Dark. How again? What would the Podman? What would Podman After Dark be like? I mean, what would? I mean, I feel like we would solve mysteries. Yeah, people, people would have to sign waivers. I think, right? Um, oh yeah. I think it'd be a lot like Baywatch Nights. Oh, okay. Where they solve monster mysteries. Yeah. No, that's wasn't, it, wasn't Baywatch Nights like supernatural? Like, you yeah. know, yeah, there was like ghost stories. I, you know, way to reinvent yourself. That's what I say. <sighs> Magnum never had the balls to do that, right? Magnum just kept doing the same old shit every episode. We laugh, but they're millionaires, and here we are. David Hasselhoff has done a couple of SpongeBob movies. I mean, yeah, he's he's famous. Exactly. All right. Well, we do have uh, a little bit of stuff. Again, Absolute Alex is not with us, so we're going to we were going to do an animation spectacular episode, but we'll save that for when he uh, uh, comes back to us. Uh, but we do have a lot of stuff happening in the news. All right, and Brian, you know, if we could only go back in time and start the podcast over all over again, that would be great. We can't do it, but evidently Loki can. Uh, we got a trailer for the new Loki TV show. What did you think of it? 
Uh, it looked good. The uh, there's a lot of chewing the scenery, not a, you know a lot of disjointed scenes that you can see that they're going to touch on the whole Loki for president. Um, and I guess he's going to hop. And and the idea is he's going to go. He's an anomaly and is basically broken time. Time's fractured, and so they're making him go back and fix almost like a quantum leap. Uh-huh. But uh. He's having to go back and fix the things that he broke when uh, when he took the Tesseract. And uh, we got we we got uh, Owen Wilson joining the MCU. Uh, what do we think of him? He's uh, some sort of time cop, and is he a character that we've seen in the comic books? You you mentioned Loki for president storyline. I'm I'm unfamiliar with that, but as, did other things from the trailer show up from uh, the book the funny books? That's the big one. Like, I remember that was a, a storyline in the past, you know, six, eight years. But, uh, but him wearing the suit and the button and but still having the horns on. So they pulled that straight from one of the comics, uh, in the past six, eight years. I, I didn't read the storyline. I just remember seeing that image a bunch. So PMR, do we know who the, uh, who Owen Wilson's playing? The only thing I could think of, and he really doesn't look like, would, would be the Mark Grunewald character, where he's like the in charge of the TVA, the Time Variance Authority. Um, he's like one of, like Brad called him, a time cop. Uh, that's but, and the only one back in those days was uh, they all look like Mark Grunewald. So I don't know if he's carrying playing a variation of that or not. So, yeah, I don't. I don't. I never read any of that. Yeah. So that's all right. So that I'm stuff's really it. good. But that that didn't that was never a Loki thing. That was like a Fantastic Four thing back in the day. So, um, uh, you know, a lot of I was never are, a big Loki fan. So maybe you will be after this, right? No, will will you watch it uh, as much <laughs> as you're watching uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier? I will watch it just as much, and probably as will enjoy it just as least as I'm what enjoying talking and wearing snow. Well, snow we'll, we'll get into well. that, you'll, you'll have to catch me up because I haven't watched the the latest episode quite yet. Either it's past his bedtime, or PMR may be having a stroke. <laughs> PMR, <laughs> I am fading off. So I'm so sorry. I, I got well, me a that's couple why I said, before the podcast. I said so we should not they'll... record at ten o'clock. It's too late. But no, PMR. PMR doesn't like missing episodes. I do not like missing episodes. All you right. miss one, you miss a year. You that's, know? that's right. Uh, so, uh, you know, people are saying that, hey, there's a scroll in the background of one of the scenes. And, uh, you know, okay, so what? Maybe that ties into Secret Invasion. Maybe it doesn't. Point being, you can't tell a whole lot from Loki quite yet. But everybody loves Loki, so it's probably be all right, right? It'll probably be fine, and I feel like, and this will this will kind of tease the uh, um, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. I feel like they're just going to let Loki do his thing, as opposed to trying to shoehorn all of these other characters into it. Which is my main problem with Falcon Winter Soldier so far. So, all right, well, we'll we'll get to that. Uh, another uh, another set of announcements of uh, all kinds of new characters is Star Trek. Uh, how many Star Trek shows are there nowadays, or will there be in the near future? 
Well, there's Star Trek uh, Discovery, which we got uh, a snippet of the new season of it. Then you've got Picard. Then you've got Lower Decks, which is... mm. And then uh, they're doing a new show for Nickelodeon, which is going to be basically like uh, Starfleet Academy, which will feature uh, uh, Captain Janeway or Admiral Janeway. In, In animated form. In animated form. So we got two live actions and two animated. Now, wasn't there, isn't there a Star Trek with Captain Pike? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, what is that? That's coming as well. We just didn't get any news on it. They gotcha. didn't give us any footage or anything. But that's going to be called. Um, oh man, what, what's the? It's from the beginning. Uh, PMR. What's the? What's what's the Star Trek credo? <laughs> Can we can we text Gangi to nudge PMR? <laughs> My God, we we never never have we missed Alex more. Isn't that Final Frontier? Is it Final Frontier? That's no. not Final Frontier. It's oh, uh, Great New World. There you go. All right, but that one has not debuted yet. That's a, that's a new show. We just don't have anything new on it, or is that already? No, and I think they literally just started shooting on it. I think that uh, in the past like couple weeks, they just started. I'm sorry, Strange New Worlds. Strange, there you go, Strange New Worlds. Brave Strange New Worlds. All right, uh, PMR, I, I know the podcast doesn't excite you, but does all this Star Trek <laughs> Star Trek shows excite you? I mean, you're a pretty big Trekker slash Trekkie, right? Yeah, actually, uh, I'm looking forward to the Picard uh, season two because it's the return of Q, and hopefully, it'll make better sense than the first season of Picard did. Um, Damn it, he is looking. It, it, he looks older than Picard now, which is which is crazy. But like, uh, he is not holding up well. Uh, the guy that plays Q, uh, Tom John, just John, John Delancey. John Delancey. Yeah. Yeah, is he it, was on Breaking Bad for a few episodes. He didn't look good then. That was like a good six years ago. Isn't Q supposed to be like an immortal being or something? Or Yeah, so it's he, like I wonder how they're going to pull that off unless they're going to do the old uh, Forrest Gump de-aging. <laughs> I don't know. Do we, yeah, I don't do, know how they're going to pull that off. Do we still use the term Forrest Gump de-aging? I mean, they... Why can't we do uh, Michael Douglas de-aging from Ant-Man? Oh, there you go, Ant-Man. Oh, yeah. There you go. That, there you, there you go. go. That may be a little something that the listeners may be more familiar with. Uh, speaking, I think, <laughs> go ahead, Podman, Ron. No, I was going to say, I think, uh, I think it'll be something like he's losing his powers and he's aging or something. I'm sure it's something. <laughs> it, they're going to work it into the story instead of. Trying to say that instead of trying to de-age him, or just work let, it, well, just let him go, just let him. Be. I do think it's it's kind of cool the way they teased that it was going to be Q, right? Because it's like you saw the Queen uh, playing card and it, and it burned up until it was just the Q in the corner. So like yeah, the te- I thought cool. the tease was cool, um, but I also, cool but I would really like the tagline that uh, the the trial never ends. Because that was the whole thing, you know. That was the first time right. we saw Q was because he was putting humanity on trial. So I'm I'm going to be. Are we going to be led to believe that Picard hasn't seen Q in like I don't know thirty forty years? I yeah. mean, how long ever it's been since the the final Star Trek episode? So yeah, I would think so. 
I would think so. Yeah. And basically, it's it's like uh, a measure of a man. Like so, now at the end of Picard's life, or towards the end of Picard's life, he's being brought, you know, and, and being judged by the <laughs> U.S. the decisions he made. And it's probably because he cheated lived. death too. You know, it's probably they'll probably he cheated death, so they'll probably judge him on that. Yeah. Huh? Huh? So uh, no, a very but, interesting mm-hmm. concept. You know, all the other Star Trek stuff. I'm really excited about Strange New Worlds. Um, eh, the uh, Discovery is just, I don't know. Uh, jury's still out on that. Yeah, there's just, some new anomaly that's that's bouncing around space. So, uh, like, uh, apparently. <laughs> what do you think of the new costumes? I like all, they're awful. No, I don't like them. I cannot stand them. But I'm it's glad like, they finally got them because it made no sense for them to keep wearing their, you know, old, old costumes when they're, you know, what, 3,000 years in the future or whatever the hell they're supposed to be. Yeah, but so. it's, is it not weird that they picked the, the long coats, like the, uh, you know, the Star Trek, um, the formal uniforms? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, it is. It's that, all, yeah, weird. I don't like them. Like I said, I, don't, I just don't think they're... I don't like them. I don't like them. But I do like the fact that Star Trek is, you know, they're, they went into the future. It was about time they did that. I'm so sick of them doing these. Uh, yeah, but they went, into, they went into the future, and we've had two anomalies now because it's like they're afraid to say, okay, well, this is what the Klingons are like now, and this is what the Romulans are like now. They're not, right. It's, it, yeah. it's they're like, oh, well, we don't want anything to be too canon. We don't want to box ourselves into a corner. Well, but, but, but they don't have that to worry about because they've slung them so far into the future that, I mean, even like Vulcan's not even called Vulcan anymore. It's called something else. I mean, <clears throat> they're merged with the Romulan. So stuff like that is kind of cool. It seems like they could play a lo- around with it more. Well, right. But also like prequels. the last season, right, of Discovery, we didn't see any Klingons. We didn't see any Ferengi. We we uh, we did see an Andorian. Right? <laughs> well, that uh, was we, so bad. The reason we didn't is because they screwed up the Klingons so bad. And I mean, uh, I don't know what the hell they were thinking about when they did the Klingons the way they did in Discovery. I mean, what, what happened with the Klingons? They made them just. How would you describe them, Brian? They were they very. They were even more alien than than uh, you know, the original Star Trek. You know what they reminded me of was the the, the, uh, the alien in uh, Enemy Mine. That's what they reminded me of. Oh yeah, yeah they, they were the really. Way they looked. Yeah, the way yeah, they looked. I yeah, mean, yeah. You know, okay. You had the way they looked in the original series with with Captain Kirk, and then you know, then they changed for the movies. Well, then, but. They completely changed them from both. I mean, from the way they dressed and the way they looked. I mean, you could tell they were possibly Klingons, but they're awful. I mean, it was terrible. Well, it made no sense because this was this well, none of them take had place hair. what ten years before Kirk. So it was yeah. None of them had hair. They were all bald headed right. for some reason. Which yeah. Was weird. Huh. Uh, and and it was almost like they were teasing that they were going to do the whole. Uh, which was a fan theory that the Klingons started to like mess with genetics so they looked more humanoid. Because well, they, they kind of did do that because that's how they got the spy on there. Uh, it was, but, but they never they, expanded on that plan. It was like one guy right. did it. 
one right. guy did it, and then they never went back to it again. Right. They they touched on it, and everybody, and like you said, they that's what you know everybody thought. Okay, this is how it happened, but like they never did it again. That was it. It would have been so. it would have been much more interesting if they would have showed them turn into the human ones, and then everybody be like, oh well, that was cool. That's how they they did it, but they didn't. They didn't do. They just didn't bother. I don't know. I always thought it was a dumb idea for the to be a prequel. So now that they're in the future, to me it's more it's more entertaining. So see, I disagree because it's 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 just this one anomaly after another. It's all these just like uh, well, we you know we can't. I mean, we'll, we'll eventually the going get... in the future is seeing what the future looks like. But if you're going right, to the I future agree. and they're not going to see anything, you're not going to see the advancement of any of these characters or races. In the future, then what's what was the point? They could have just they could have just as easily been lost on another sector of space, and and as opposed to agree, but I, lost but in time. You know they'll eventually get to storylines with the Klingons and then the Andorians. I mean, you'll eventually learn what what happened to these people. I mean, I just wish it was central <laughs> to the to the storyline, not just a one off. Well, I honestly wish they wouldn't do serialized. I wish they would just go back to. You know, one and done's, you know, monster of the week or episode of the week, and that would be it. Uh, those are much uh, this. And if they do do serialized, do like Deep Space Nine, where it was like you know a couple episodes, and you know you had a ongoing myth, but the um, um, mythology. I'm sorry, mythology, but then you also had these individual storylines going on at the same time that would wrap up at the end of that episode. I don't know. I, I, and it's just too... The crew of the of the Discovery act like the social justice people of today. I mean, they're all hugging on each other. And, oh, this is great. They don't act like a military bunch of people. They, uh, they don't. Do they? Well, I once mean, you get out into deep space, you're on your own. You don't have to worry oh, about the Federation right. watching. I mean, you can hug people. Come on. <laughs> Come on. I loosen mean, up. It's just, uh, I guess. I don't know. It just seems weird. Oh, all of it. Well, you know, what else is weird? The weird is replacing uh, Black Panther with someone else. That's what's weird. Right? Yeah, am I, absolutely. Am I right? Am I right, people? What are y'all talking about? Uh, you're right. talking about? Rumor is, you know how to pronounce this guy's name? I know you're a big Briggerton. Uh, the Bridgerton uh, guy? Yeah. What's the yeah. rumor on that? <laughs> well, well, I'm glad you tuned in, Brian. <laughs> so that that show has apparently done, you know, gangbuster ratings for Netflix, and it follows a book series, and, and it was kind of shocking everybody about three weeks ago they announced, or two weeks ago, they announced that the the male lead wasn't coming back, and is uh, Regé Jean or Jean Page, right? So wasn't coming back, and so, but uh, he's also not featured in the in the next book. Like his story's wrapped, <laughs> but uh, but the fact that it was so popular, uh, people are saying, well, and he was actually like. There was rumors early, you know, uh, back in like January or February, apparently that that he was on the short list to to be the new Black Panther, and so that's now that once they announced that he was no lo- no longer returning to the show, uh, it started all that again that this may be our new Black Panther, 
which would be on par with Marvel. You you pick somebody that's not super, you know, well known or not oversaturated, I guess. But at the same time, you know, uh, uh, I guess not super saturated, but also a hot, uh, a hot, hot commodity. Hot commodity. Yeah, hot commodity. Yeah, but I think it would be strange if they didn't just make. Uh, uh, what's her face? Sur- Suri. Uh, Suri, the, the Black Panther, right? I totally agree. I think uh, she's a strong character. She was probably yeah. the part I like best about the movie. They ought to just make her the new Black Panther. Yeah. So, I disagree. I disagree. <sighs> well, yeah, you know, Podman Ron does not like change, Brian. And, and, he does and, not like change. And keeping, uh, keeping on that thread... Uh, Creed 3 supposedly is going to change a few things. It'll be the first quote unquote Rocky movie without Rocky. I mean, uh, yeah, so we, what's that? Creed 3. Go back to Black Panther real quick. Can if we, we back must. To Black Panther real yeah, quick? let's go back to Black Panther <laughs> real quick. Just trying to move things along. <laughs> so, so, do you think they will recast like T'Challa or the, is this going to be T'Challa's brother? T'Chunka. I gotta believe they can't recast. They gotta go I don't with think they're recasting T'Challa. They gotta go with the. They can do the soap opera thing where he falls off the cliff and he has to get facial reconstruction, or he gets into a car wreck. Yeah, and, and he has to have his face yeah, reconstructed. But after everybody loves Chadwick so much, there's no way it, it would be like throwing that whole thing away, right? Just to replace them, kind yeah, of it'd be like thrown away. What's interesting, and, and this is almost. I think if they'd known this, there we might have seen a different story with uh, um, Falcon Winter Soldier. Is they could have come in and said, "Okay, well, he's the Johnny Walker. Like this is who uh, they want to be the new Black Panther," and then it ends up being, you know, Suri has to fight for the mantle. So yeah, maybe, maybe they do that. I think it's too close to Falcon Winter Soldier at this point. Yeah. Anything What's else? interesting about <laughs> well, <laughs> not so fast, Brad. This is the Black Panther Two podcast. <laughs> the uh, back to your uh, the Sylvester Stallone story from oh, okay. uh, Creed Three. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm really kind of curious if uh, if there's some like bad blood between him and Michael B. Jordan because you know Michael B. Jordan's directing this one. So Ryan Coogler directed the first two, right? And Michael B. Jordan's directing the third. This is the one Rocky's not coming back for. But then they also announced last week that Stallone has written a synopsis for, um, like, <laughs> Young Rocky. Right, Young Rock. So we, we've got Young Rock, and now we'd have Young Rocky, which, I mean, if, if, we, if we track where, where the beginning of the first Rocky movie started, where Rocky was a Shylock that couldn't, couldn't add, you know, Three right, and, right. and and nine, like <laughs> it's going to be a very interesting. Uh, yeah, I don't um, think we need a, a prequel. prequel to Rocky, really, right? <laughs> it's just going to be how if if that's how smart he was at the beginning of Rocky, how dumb is he at the beginning of the prequel? <laughs> so it's going to be uh, yeah, him in some sort of special needs school or something. <laughs> Like, I don't know. Beating up people oh, wow. for their milk money. That's how he's that's how he starts his boxing career. It'll start with his mom dropping him on his head as a baby. 
yeah. So, so, uh, so yeah. So we'll see if Michael B. Jordan is, uh, has the enough charisma like Stallone did to carry a uh, new franchise. Uh, yeah, who's going to give him his, uh, you know, the speech? Uh, well, yeah, well, he's got to win his first fight, lose his second fight, and then win the third fight again, right? Who's going to be yeah, in there some, between? Yeah, he's going to be in there between telling him that he can win that third fight. Right. Who's he going to ignore in the second fight before he loses? And then who's he going to have to listen to before the third fight to win? Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to see I don't want to see a Rocky. You want to see Creed, uh, Young Rock or Creed? Which one no, I don't want to see Young Rocky. I don't. Uh, yeah, I do want to see Creed three, but okay. I just don't think that uh, without Rocky, I mean, I don't know. Just you got to have you got to have that old trainer. You know, you got to have still ties to the, not only to the Rocky movies. You, you really don't need the ties to the Rocky movies, but Creed in itself, Creed one and two have Rocky. Rocky is his Mickey. So why would you oh not have? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much where Brian was going a few seconds ago. <laughs> I think, Brian, right? I mean, I know you yeah. just woke up in the middle of a podcast. He's asleep. Wait, 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 no, let's talk saying. about Black Panther 2. <laughs> I think he heard what I was saying in his sleep, and now he thinks that's <laughs> he his, thinks it's his idea. It's his idea. And uh, the Fantastic Four got lost in the, the Phantom Zone. All right. Oh, um, but, the, but no, no, you need you need Sylvester Stallone in Rocky Three. I mean, you really. I mean, in Creed Three. I mean, I, I just not that I don't think. I mean, Michael B. Jordan's great. Creed is great. It's a you know he don't what. It's not because he needs Sylvester Stallone to carry the movie. It's just part of the the story. I mean, it's it's, it's cast of characters. I mean, why would you you know unless you want Rocky to die in the movie? Just, just kill him. Kill him off. off. Good lord. Just kill yeah. Him. I mean, hey, Brad, what's the term? Is it called sundowning when when older people start <laughs> yeah. getting confused? Yeah. They start getting confused in the evenings. <laughs> uh, either that or uh, dementia, like our good friend Jack Hanna. Oh. Oh, sorry, too soon. <laughs> anyway, too soon. so yes, we're going to have a creed without a Rocky. Uh, moving on, Batman. The Batman is uh, supposedly supposed to take place in Earth 2, which maybe sets it up for a brand new universe, including Michael B. Jordan as Superman, right? Yeah, uh, yeah they were totally saying speculation that J. J. Abrams, here, right? Yeah. yeah J- well, they, they said J.J. J. Abrams' Superman movie, he, uh, like, he wants Michael B. Jordan as Superman. So, and that that, so that would kick off Earth 2, and then that's where this Batman would fit in, is in Earth 2. Sure. Yeah, Which is really just their way of saying. Too. Yeah. It's like just their way of saying, all right, forget the Snyderverse. Uh, let's no, I think on. it's more. No, I think it's they want to keep the Snyderverse. I think it's their way of trying to keep uh, Ben Affleck's Batman. I, I don't know. I just. Uh, I think I, that's wishful thinking. Yeah, I, I do too, unfortunately. Yeah. But no, I, I agree with you, Bodman Ron, that it's sort of like they're. And, and, you know, again, maybe Marvel's going to do this with Doctor Strange or, uh, you know, the animated Spider-Man 2 or whatever. But they're basically saying that, yeah, the Snyder first exists as well as all these other TV shows and movies. And the Batman, uh, this uh, Pattinson's Batman is not going to interact with any of them unless they do a big uh, crisis event or something. But. But yeah, which I'm all for. I mean, it's that's fine. Who cares, right? 
Because, you know, the Snyderverse got a lot of buzz. I mean, people were talking about it. People were, you know, pitching. They want it to continue. And I don't know. I just think that uh, this is their way of going, well, let's just do. Just a safety. Yeah. Let's just have this place. Just my thought. All right. Just your thoughts. You're, you're, you're entitled to your thoughts. Uh, speaking of thoughts, what did you think of the news? We had a uh, trailer from Ghostbusters Afterlife, or, little, or not a trailer, but a clip. Uh, yeah, a little clip. A little clip. What do you think of that, Podman Ron? Again, I know you're a big uh, Ghostbusters fan, right? I actually, I actually kind of liked it, to be honest with you. I thought it was going to be stupid once I started watching it. But then I thought, hey, you know what? I mean, Paul Rudd is pretty good in it, I guess Paul Rudd always is. and um, He's one charming son of a bitch. He is a charming man. And, uh, yeah, I liked it. I, I thought it was uh, interesting. So, yes, I'm, I'm good with it. PMR approved. Uh, and uh, I guess lastly, almost lastly, uh, Jupiter's Legacy. What it would t- Podman Ron, tell us about Jupiter's Legacy. What is it? I have no idea. Exactly. <laughs> Brian, tell us about <laughs> that was a, That's what you call a setup. <laughs> Brian, tell us about Jupiter's and, Legacy in the middle. So Jupiter's Legacy is the first um, TV show to become to come out of the uh, the Netflix Mark Millar Millarverse um, deal that was signed a few years back. So Mark Millar stopped writing books for DC and Marvel, created his own universe, and has been publishing books. Interestingly, under the Netflix brand, like so, it's like Netflix publishing, which is interesting in and of itself. If you buy the comics, it's got Netflix as the you know, instead of DC or Marvel, it's Netflix is the publisher. But uh, so you've got Jupiter Legacy, Jupiter. Um, I think it's one is uh, Ascending. But I think he's. But it's it's Millar and Frank Quietly. Uh, it's their project together. And so this is the first uh, series, and it's you know it's your uh, it's your superhero team. I have that's the. That's the one I haven't read. I've read most of the Malarver stuff, but I have not read Jupiter um, Legacy. So we or got a, Ascending. We got a trailer that's uh, <clears throat> that dropped. It's uh, I guess it's uh, coming up in May or so. Um, the show yeah, on it's Netflix. Like May seventh, I think. I mean, tell me why this is any different from uh, Superman and Lois slash uh, Invincible slash uh, the Boys. You know, it kind of it's not. It's I mean, it's all not. of this stuff is starting to feel so much the same. It is day. starting. To, yeah. yeah, I think what's uh, the narrative that they're trying to do is it's going to be almost like Lost is what the vibe I'm getting because it's going to run parallel. Before they got Story the powers knows, yeah. and how they got their powers, and then like okay, now it's twenty years later. Gotcha. So you're seeing them at the beginning and at the end of their story. So uh, Malar's his books are always pretty good. So I mean, I'm sure it'll be fine. But yeah, I mean, at some point, how many times do we have to see a variation of Superman over and over and over? I know this is, but every all these like you know Alan Moore's. We were talking about this the other day, me and Brian. Alan Moore, Kurt Busiek. I mean, they always they always do this. They make their own little universe and it. Yeah, well, I mean, they just make it a little bit edgier and. 
you know, even Invincible, to be honest with you. I mean, look, they 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 copied the whole Justice League. It's the Justice League. I mean, each character in the uh, what is it, the Global Guardians or whatever, is a member of the Justice League. Guardians no of the Globe. Yeah, no one can come up with. You know, they just take Marvel or DC characters, they make them, you know, more mature, make them twisted or what have you, and, you know, and that's, they brand it, this is my great ideas. Yeah, all you're doing is reimagining uh, in a more mature manner uh, what's come before, so no one thinks of anything original anymore. That's just me. Originality is dead, I agree. Yeah, and so we've got in the Millar verse, we should be getting, uh, uh, in addition, we should be getting there's uh, Super Crooks, there's Nemesis, there's the Magic Order, there's Starlight. So Starlight is like his, um, uh, oh man, uh, I'm drawing a complete blank. Uh, Flash Gordon. It's like his Flash Gordon. Um, uh, Magic Order is kind of like uh, it's like Harry Potter, but it that book is sick. That, that is a really good book. Um, and then you've got uh, Super Crooks is kind of like uh, Suicide Squad a little bit. So it's he's got and oh the Nemesis is like if Batman was a villain. So uh, yeah, that's that's the projects that are kind of lined up that'll be coming out of the Millarverse stuff. Oh, there's also Sharky, which is kind of like Lobo. See, like that's what I'm talking about. It's, yeah. all the, it's all the same stuff. No one can come up with something different. That's true. Oh, well, again, originality is dead, which brings us to... And this one's hot off the presses, I think, boys. So this one may hit hard. James Hampton... The Teen Wolf Dad and oh, Star of the Longest Yard uh, is dead at 84. Died today. <clears throat> so sorry. I didn't see that. Yeah, yeah. That one, that one, that one hits. Uh, we, we all know uh, Teen Wolf. and uh, Was he in Teen Wolf 2 as well with Justin Bieber? He was in Teen Wolf 2, yeah. too, which was weird because, you know, it's like, why would the uncle be there for, for all of that, you know? It was like, you know, they couldn't get Michael J. Fox back, so they brought in Jason Bateman. Uh, but it, they, it was – Jason Bateman was his cousin, but then the dad was still like an integral part of it all. A little creepy. So, creepy creepy uncle. Creepy werewolf creepy. uncle. Yeah. But we, we will miss him. All right. Over to the TV. All right, Falcon and Winter Soldier and Invincible, two shows which I haven't watched recently, admittedly. Uh, But I know that on Falcon and Winter Soldier, we finally get a little bit of Baron Zemo and uh, what's-her-face, Carter. Sharon Carter. Uh, Have you guys been keeping up with that? Yeah. Unfortunately, yes. (laughs) So so I'm not missing anything other than this Zemo dance scene. Is that uh, my understanding? Oh, my God. I I wish fandom would quit taking one little thing from a TV show and beating it to death. It's like, oh, my God. Struck a sore note there. Brian, what's going on? It's just all over the place. Uh, 
I remember the guy that played Zemo in Civil War was a lot cooler than the Zemo we got in this show. And so yeah. it's the same actor. Like, <laughs> so Zemo's changed a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. like he's a little out of shape. He's uh, just kind he's of rich weird, all dirty. of a sudden. Is he he's a rich as a baron. Is, is he, a, is he a villain or is he just sort of... Uh, Basically, the story is uh, he can get them a lead on the power broker, and the power broker is the one that's selling the super soldier serum uh, to the flag smashers. Ah. So they break. Mm. So Bucky breaks him out of jail to help them go find. Okay. You know, what's his face? He's essentially the Leo Getz of Falcon and Winter Soldier. <laughs> he is Leo oh, Getz. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not good. That's not a good template. If you need it, Leo gets. That is not a good template. <laughs> Has he put the hood on yet? Has he put the, the ski mask on yet? Oh, yes, once. Oh, okay. I All wonder right. how many of our listeners got the Leo gets reference. Probably none. <laughs> it's uh, Brad, Brad, have you not watched this Falcon and the Snowman? No, I have not watched Falcon and the Snowman with, <laughs> with like Timothy Hutton and uh, Sean Penn. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Winter Soldier, whatever it's called. Yeah, no. The thing. Okay, all of a sudden, Baron Zemo went from a family man who lost his family to a practically a billionaire, it looks like. He's got a jet on standby with an old butler ready to pick him up. He's got a garage with like 10 antique cars in it where his Baron Zemo mask is just laying on the back, back, uh, <laughs> he he is known throughout the you know the mercenary community as a a bad guy as a merc. I mean he he knows the the uh, the the downtrodden the the uh, the low lifes of town. You know he knows all of that. He sounds um, like an all right guy. But, yeah, but he's been in prison for like seven years. So, how did he know all this? I mean, we we had we got to twenty fifteen was the age of Ultron. That's when his family was killed. Twenty sixteen is Civil War. So, I guess in that year period, he was I don't know. Uh, well, if he's a billionaire, he was. Uh, and why was he? Why was his family in you know Sokovia? Because right. the impression Sokovia was kind of a shithole. <laughs> the I shit all I mean, of Eastern Europe. I don't, it's like it's like they just changed his origin. I mean, changed who he was just to fit whatever. I mean, well, they're trying to get it back to closer what the comic book is, and I've got a theory about that. Let's hear the theory. Well, wait, uh, you two have a lot of sidebar conversation. Is this part of the Patreon or the the fans only? Is, <laughs> yes, it's only fans. Okay, it's the after dark. <laughs> I may have to subscribe to listen to that. It's, it sounds interesting. <laughs> After dark. Oh, uh, right. Let's hear your right. theory. Yeah, so uh, my theory about uh, Falcon and Mrs. King is that um, they're, lead, they're trying to push us towards the Thunderbolts, right? So You, you have been trying to push us through the Thunderbolts for ever since I Civil have, War, personally. actually, right? Yeah, yeah, I have. I really have. <laughs> so, uh, but so in the episode, they go to Man uh, uh, Madripoor, 
and because uh, they're trying to find the power broker, and they get into a kerfuffle at this bar. And you actually see they pass by the Princess Bar, so that was your shout out to Wolverine and Patch. But uh, they get it; they're in the Brass Monkey or Golden Monkey <laughs> Bar, whatever. Monkey, monkey. And uh, yeah, monkey. Uh, they they get into a somebody snipes the the contact they're trying to they're trying to you know get information from. They go on the run. They're being chased down through the streets. They immediately do the John Wick thing where they they send out the text that everybody to kill them. All these mercenaries are set to kill them or alerted to kill them. And then uh, they're being chased and suddenly all the mercenaries in the alley get sniped and you realize it's Sharon Carter. Wow. And Sharon Carter says that she's been on the run ever since the, uh, ever since everything that happened with Civil War and, um, you know, where Sam was pardoned and Bucky was pardoned, she just got left out. And she's been living in Madripoor, and she said that she's been uh, selling stolen arts and um, something else. You super know, but soldier serum? Porn. Lots of porn. Lots porn of and selling super soldier serum. Right. And so that's the whole thing. At the, as, as the episode wraps at the end, uh, she gets Bucky and Sam take off and she gets her driver pulls up, which you hadn't seen for the whole episode. And uh, she says, uh, we've got a problem too, actually, oh. and gets in the car. So the big, you know, the, the assumption is she is the power broker. Like, uh, wow. uh she's the one selling the super soldier serum. Uh, the, but back, let me back up real quick. As far as the reason they're doing the stuff with Zemo, they're doing, Zemo's integral to Thunderbolts. He's a very important part of Thunderbolts. Um, and and so I think they're trying to get him as close to the comic book as possible because then it makes logical sense what happens in Thunderbolts. And in Thunderbolts, uh, eventually Hawkeye becomes the leader of the team uh, for reasons that would become apparent when you watch Thunderbolts or read Thunderbolts. Uh, but Hawkeye becomes the leader of the team uh, those same reasons Hawkeye became leader of the team would make a perfect fit as to why Bucky would become leader of the Thunderbolts. And I think in the comic, he actually did lead the Thunderbolts. Who did? Uh, Hawkeye? Bucky. Bucky. <laughs> oh, yeah, he did. Bucky. Yeah. So I think what they're doing is they're going, I think this this is all to kind of tee up Thunderbolts, and they're just cramming so much stuff in. So we got you got Power Broker, you got Zemo. You got Isaiah Bradley, you got Patriot, you know, for young, uh, for young, uh, young Avengers. You've got, uh, and at the end of the episode, here comes Wakanda. One of, uh, one of Black Panther's guards shows up, uh, and confronts Bucky because, you know, Zemo's the one that killed Black Panther's dad and Bucky just broke him out of jail. So now you got Wakanda in the mix. So it's like there's just shoehorning in so, and then, uh, Badger they're shoehorning in so much shit into this show that uh, I think they're just, it's literally just, they're like, uh, the show's going to be garbage, but we're going to try and set up as many concepts as we possibly can uh, for future shows and movies. So. They're going to do the old X-Files thing where they wrap everything up in the last five minutes of the episode. <laughs> yeah. Cap is back. So, well, uh, I mean, well, yeah. I didn't I, even I, mention Johnny Walker. Like all that crap, you know, uh, 
you got all these different threads going on, and it's like, oh my god, can we not just get back to uh, Bucky and and Sam? I think there's too much going on for one thing. The the comedy is kind of forced. The they're they're just trying to force that whole buddy. I get the gist they don't really like each other. (laughs) Like the actors. Yeah, I just, they don't really got to have the chemistry that everybody, you know, wants them to have and pretends like they do have. I I don't, I don't get it. To me, it's not a natural flow between the two actors. Um, And it may be because, you know, it may be because we have to break you know, they're only screen time together, maybe, you know, five minutes, and then they break to another part of the show for another 10 or 15 minutes, and then you finally get back to them for another three minutes, and then you're back home to somebody else. It's too many, it's too much stuff going on in these shows. They're crammed way too. So, I don't know. I, I, I'm not enjoying this as, thought, as much as I thought I was going to. So, yeah. Uh, you're, you're not convincing me Agreed. to return to it. Uh, what about uh, I mean, Invincible? Yeah. Is Invincible worth watching? I've watched the first and second episode of that. I think Invincible's that- very. I I love Invincible, but this last episode, I it wasn't my favorite, but it was you know the means to a story. So, I uh, it wasn't as strong as the first three, but you know I know it's they're going to have episodes like this. So, yeah, it's really just setting up. See, this episode is setting up some of uh, Invincible's rogues gallery, right? And so he goes on that side quest. He goes to Mars, uh, and something comes back. It was still a pretty funny episode. I mean, it was pretty good. But I mean, Invincible's a really good show. I mean, it's it's really it's well written. I like show. that they're that they said. Uh, yeah, he's like, oh, I'll go to Mars. And they're like, uh, he goes, how long could it take? And then they're like, two weeks. It's a two week. Uh, it'll you, it'll take you two weeks to get to Mars. So, it, I like that it's not just oh, I, suddenly I'm on Pluto. There, there's actual like it takes time to do these things. You can't just immediately materialize on the other side of the galaxy. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, they're trying to provide real world applications to you know this kind of setup. So. I don't know. It's, it's it's a good show. It really is. I would I would strongly recommend oh, it. I will. I will, I'll try sticking with that. Maybe I, I might stick with it. And, uh, I mean, you should of watch all Falcon the stuff out there. Man, I mean, if you had to choose one thing, Invincible is probably the one thing. So, I mean, I maybe Falcon and uh, Winter Soldier once it's all awesome and Mrs. Too. King and Mrs. King. <laughs> Once it's all done and completed, maybe watch it. But right now, man, I it is too big of a boring, slow mess to me. To me, I know there's people out there who love it. I listen to the podcast, I listen to the reviews, and they're just they're the same ones that all love fucking King Kong versus Godzilla. Whew. Everybody loved that fucking movie. Yeah, people people loved us. I mean, what, what, you they get, did, man. They I mean. Brian, me and you are the all the podcasts I listen to and all the review shows I listen to. Me and you are the only one that even brought up the fact that fucking Kong covered the center of the Earth to the to the <laughs> surface in like two minutes, three no thousand else, miles. Yeah, no one else even talks about that. I'm like, are y'all serious? I'm like, come on, y'all. 
But what they do say and what everybody basically says is, you know, the fight scenes are great. It's, you know, it's a, you're not supposed to think about the the story. (laughs) And has anybody made the comment that it's the exact same ending as Batman's versus Superman? (laughs) Oh yeah, they've done that. Yeah. Okay. It's like, okay, I'll put on my, I'll put on my stupid cap and watch it. Well, speaking of putting on your stupid cap, uh, Podman, uh, Ron, do you have a movie review for us? Let's let's hit the music. <laughs> All right, Podman, Ron, the spinning wheel brought us to Earwig and the Witch for you. How was that? Tell us a little bit about that movie. What what was it? Give us a synopsis first of all. Earwig and the Witch. It is <clears throat> is directed by Goro Miyazaki. Good, good. From a so from a story from uh, by Diana Wynne Jones, and uh, it's about a headstrong orphan who discovers a world of spells and potions while living with a selfish witch. <laughs> this movie. I will say this: the animation is really good. It's it's incredible. Some scenes you watch it, and the background animation and some of the character designs are really really cool. And I mean, if it wasn't for that, it, this movie would be a total loss. But they, <laughs> I'm serious. The animation is really cool in it. But the story, oh my god, I it. It is a hot mess. I mean, it is so boring at times. I mean, basically what you have is you has a Harry Potter beginning where she is being, she's a baby. Her, she's being held by, we're assuming her mother, who's this redheaded lady on a motorcycle being chased by this yellow car. The mother gets away from the yellow car. She drops the baby off at some orphanage and leaves. And I don't know, five years later, 10 years later, this little girl is now grown up. And the mother left a note saying that she was being chased by the rest of the witches. The witches were coming after her and la la la. The little girl's adopted by a witch and what turns out to be a demon which is acting like her husband, I guess. She never they never really say. She a little girl goes with her in hopes of learning how to to cast spells and the witch will not teach her anything, but the little girl is just this little headstrong little girl who's gonna do what, you know, just cause mischief until she learns and it it was all over the place. I it it was that's all there was to the whole movie. It was her trying to get the witch to teach her to do spells and her herself trying to do spells against the witch. And then at the end, you learned a shock. Y'all want to know the shocking secret at the end? Sure. Because it made no goddamn sense. (laughs) Spoiler alert. She, when she's an orphan, the, the mom leaves her a little cassette tape called earwig. So she finds out that the the what's called the Drake, the Mandrake, which was the husband demon, <clears throat> he's a musician, musician and an artist, and you know don't disturb me. Well, it turns out he likes this earwig. Earwig is a band, 
And in the band is the girl's mother. Uh-huh. And the girl's mother in the band also is a drummer who has purple <laughs> hair like this big fat witch that adopted the girl. And the mandrake is in the band. So the mom, the big fat witch, and the mandrake were all in a band together. Ah. And the mandrake was in love with the little girl's mom, and she escaped. And she got she broke up the band and left and went after her. It made no sense. I mean, they, so you don't know if the mandrake knows about the little girl being the, the redheads, the, the, the mom's child part of the band's child you don't know at the very very end there's a knock at the door and the girl's mother is at the door and that's how it ends and she's like hello weirwig and that's how it ends so it's wow. oh my god it well, was just, well you know what Podman, i mean i think that's the best synopsis anyone has ever given for a movie review any of the that's plot. a rambling rambling are you kidding me it's no that's the, you you pretty much summed up the movie i think you did a good job of the review did you watch it did you see this movie Oh yeah, of course. We we watched well, all the studio. It? Oh, it was horrible. <clears throat> yeah, no yeah. doubt. It was not Studio Ghibli's <clears throat> finest moment. It was directed by, uh, again, for all you uh, fans only, only fans uh, listeners out there would have known, <laughs> as Podman Ron and I discussed. This was uh, Studio Ghibli's first foray into 3D animation, and it was <clears throat> Hiro Miyazaki's son Goro Miyazaki that directed it. Eh, it just it didn't have the Miyazaki feel to it, uh, so it, it was. But did you was was the but the animation was great. Yeah, I mean, the animation was fun. Agree? Yeah, <clears throat> I thought it looked really cool. I mean, but the story was just kind of. I, I don't. I kept waiting for something like major or big to happen, and it just didn't. It just it just left alone. I mean, this was the hardest movie to even just finish. It was it worse uh, yeah, than his like, house. Uh, okay, yeah, you're right. Okay, no, that's what it wasn't. No. That's what I was comparing. <laughs> it wasn't as bad as his house. <laughs> no kid could watch this. Maybe a little girl. Maybe a little girl who's like I don't know, between the ages of eight and twelve would watch this. But yeah, no, no boy was, would watch this. I mean, no again, boy would watch this. Going back to uh, We Can Be Heroes, this was clearly a aimed at young uh, young kids. Uh, so maybe it would be good. Again. But, but, but you say it's aimed at young kids, but could you imagine a a, a boy, a, a, your boy's watching this, or Brian, I don't know, Brian hasn't seen it, but his boy's watching it? I mean, I know Alex couldn't have sat through this as a kid. I mean, it's just boring. I mean, it's just, ugh. But like I said, little girls, I mean, they're a little yeah. smarter than boys, and they're, you know, they're more into what the little girl was doing, doing witches, potions, and stuff like that, and the music part of it, little girls like that kind of stuff. So I, I think it, it they would be more interested in, than anybody else. So I think if you have a, a little girl between the ages of 5 and 12, this She'll movie's perfect. All right. Yeah, they'll love it. All right. Well, there you go. That's our new audience. Um, I would give this movie a 2. All right. All right, never, never to return again. Uh, yeah, I mean, we, I, I would suggest, I would encourage you, Podman Ron, if you were in the mood for a documentary, Never Ending Man. 
uh, which is a documentary about Hayao Miyazaki is uh, pretty interesting. I think it goes into his, he retires a couple of times and comes out of retirement and says, I want to make a 3d movie. This, I don't think was it, but, <laughs> but, uh, this was, I just, stuff. I have never been a fan of Japanese animation. <gasps> Oh, I really haven't. I'm not, I'm not an anime fan. I mean, I like Speed Racer and I like Star Blazers. Hmm, okay, well, that's, that's good enough. Well, I don't know. the Studio Ghibli stuff, the boy. I mean, they're yeah. always good. I mean, I don't know about this one, but the but you know, they're always good. And like, there's stuff that's like I don't wouldn't think my kids would like it because they they love it. Yeah. Like uh, my my friend Totoro, uh, Totoro, Totoro, yeah, right. Okay, let's do yeah. this. Do this for me, Brian. Sit them there. Sit sit their butts down. And ask them to watch this movie. See how long it'll take. Uh, I don't know. And then the walk. But uh, <laughs> yeah. to put that, in, my uh, my neighbor Totoro is it's based. It's all about a little girl whose mom is in the hospital. <clears throat> dad's away visiting her all the time. He's dad's dad can't be there for. Her. She makes an imaginary friend, or maybe it's not an imaginary mm-hmm. friend. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's not really stuff that you would think, you know, <laughs> boy. Uh, yeah. a middle school boy would enjoy, but they, they really dug that movie. So, Everybody loves Totoro. That's the, that's yeah. the fact. That, and most of, I mean, it's, it's not unlike Disney movies. And I was telling Podman Ron that Miyazaki and Ghibli is kind of like Walt Disney of Japan. So to speak, that he's you know the the greatest filmmaker animator of all time and all that kind of stuff, but most of uh, the Studio Ghibli's heroes are girls, sort of like the yeah. Disney princesses, you know. So I would guess at least ninety percent of all the movies are all centered around the female char- lead character, a little girl, right? Yeah, uh, but yeah, yeah, I mean Princess Mononoke is the one that yeah. that actually is a male lead, right? But I can't think of any other ones. And that one actually does have a princess in it, and it's a female. So, right. yeah. Uh, but yeah, Mononoke, uh, Spirited Away, is big hits in our house, uh, along with Totoro and uh, some of the older stuff. But anyway, yeah. So I, I'm I'm proud of you for watching. And if you dare try to watch another Studio Ghibli movie, Podman Ron, I would mm-hmm. say uh, probably Princess Mononoke. That's probably going to be the most adult type uh, movie, I would say. Yeah. Unless it's on this wheel and I get thrown the picket, I probably never will watch another one. All right. That sounds good by me. And speaking of, you do need to name a new person here. I do have a new ready to go. Yeah. On HBO Max. Ready to go. Okay. It's on HBO Max. Okay. It is called Roll Dolls the Witches. Wait, I've already seen it? it. What? Roll dolls, oh. the witches. Roald or R O A L D. Oh, <laughs> I, I thought you said road dogs, the witches. I don't know. What no. Yeah, I've seen it as it well. In a reimagining of the royal He's doll story, an orphan boy comes <laughs> to live with his grandma in Alabama. Only to have an unexpected run-in with the Grand High Witch and fellow witches as she reveals her new plans to rid the world of children. Oh, since there you go. Since the two of Brian and I have already seen it, do you want to pick another one? 
Y'all both saw that? Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. What well, we have, like, 10-year-old kids, I mean, or 12-year-old or whatever. I mean, it's a kid's yeah. movie. You're, sometimes you're desperate okay. just to watch a stupid kid's movie just to keep them quiet for two hours while you take a nap. Truth. Yeah. Truth. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hold on a minute. Let me find another All one. All right, find us another good movie here. I don't know. There's not many on HBO. <laughs> what? I found that hard to believe. Hold on, I'm going to make the movie side of it. Okay. <laughs> Let's see, under just added, what do we have here? Uh, Speed 2. Again, not a new movie. What about The Man with the Iron Fist? Has anybody ever seen That's that? That's exactly what I, I'm going to put it on there. That's the one I just Brian? saw that. I've not seen it. That's the one with uh, Dave Batista. And R- RZA, yeah, yeah. whatever. I, you I can't have not spell seen it kung fu without f and u. <laughs> I like it. I have not seen that, uh, so I think that would be a good. That's a good choice. All right, it's in there. Uh, we'll save that, and we got to spin the wheel first to see who. Oh, now I got to sit through an ad. Uh, we got to spin the wheel first to see who is going to be watching, possibly. Um, the man with the iron fist. Oh, I also see that uh, Spellbound, a documentary about the spelling bee, is on there. Uh, That's a good movie. All right, we're ready to roll here. Let's see here. We're going to spin and see who the lucky victim is. And it's slowing down, and it's. All right, well, uh, this the, the missing man. Alex. Finally, somebody Finally. in the uh-huh. hey, You got really Alex. close there, Brian. Let me uh, send this to you guys. <laughs> it's about time someone else got this damn thing. All right, and let's see what Alex is going to be watching. I will spin the wheel for him since he is off. And he is going to be watching... Find something. He's going to be watching the man with the iron fist. We still have Are little. You serious? Well, we still have little things on here, uh, but that's no longer on Max. So we're just going to stick with Max and uh, uh, give him man with the iron fist. Does that make sense? All yeah. right, that works. All right. So let's. Uh, we will let him know. Yeah. All right. Very good. Let me take a picture of that. So we can show them. All right. Well, we look forward to that uh, from Alex. Uh, hopefully, uh, next week. If he, or actually, I don't know. Are you? Alex may be on vacation next week, right? Is Alex? He, he will be on vacations, but uh, we'll be back by next Thursday. So okay. Well, very good. Then we will uh, be looking forward to that. Hopefully, you'll be able to squeeze that in. Uh, and uh, let's see here. What do we got? All right, so we let's uh, we got some retro reviews. You want to hit those? Yep. Yeah. All right, Podman Ron, you had talked about going through a Kevin Smith <laughs> retrospective. What uh, what do you think about uh, or what, what what have you started with? Have you went all the way back to the beginning here? I have. I, I have started with Clerks. And, uh, yeah, I, uh, I started with clerks 
You know, honestly, I don't remember watching. I've, I think I've watched bits and pieces of Clerks when back in the day. I don't think I ever sat down and watched it from beginning to end back in the 90s. I think I came into the Askewverse back in the... Uh, Back there in Mallrats is when I, the first Kevin Smith movie I saw. So I never went back and watched all the clerks. And but I have now. now. And what do and you now think? I have. I think it is a product of its time. <laughs> it's a, it screams pure 90s. It's not like screams pure 90s, but like, it's really not that funny. I mean, it's, I don't know, it's just a different humor. Uh, he wasn't even a stoner back then when he made that. I mean, it's like, I don't know. It just, it reminds me of the days with, uh, you know, Ryan, uh, all the guys from the comic shop, you know, yeah. that used to make films and well, one of them still does, but the Y files you know, and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the Y files. Yeah, absolutely. So, <laughs> but, uh, I think if that movie was to come out today, yeah, no, nobody would see that. I mean, honestly, th- those type of movies are on like YouTube's people. YouTube people make that stuff and put them on YouTube. And Kevin Smith was just the right time, right place. You know, yeah. did his thing. All right, so so it, it, the 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 feel of the movie. It feels dated. The jokes were just not hitting. Uh, was there anything that you could you sit and watch that movie and say that, yeah, I can see the merit that uh, people, you know, that this guy has some talent and can go on to make better movies? Or to your point, do you say like, yeah, I see this every day on YouTube. This guy's nothing special. God, yeah, I don't. But here, here's the thing. Yeah, help me out here because I, I, it's I think the I'm reason biased. we have. I think a lot of I think of a lot of what I like about it is just the nostalgia and what what he built on this. I mean, you know, not only did he build his whole career, but like he kept these characters, and even today, I mean, even the oh, I talked about the Jane Silent Bob reboot. We still have Dante from Clerks making an appearance. You know, he kept this little universe still going. And uh, with films that don't even fit together, but they he manages them to make them all fit. And uh, I don't know. I, I so I'm I'm kind of biased on that fact that the nostalgic of it. Well, you've got to go back to that time period and realize. Okay, yes, entertainment works away. Uh, entertainment is like this now. Dialogue is like this now. But dialogue yeah. was not like this when he did his first movie. So that's his influence. So saying, okay, well, everything's like yeah, this now is yeah, everything's right. like this now is really a compliment <laughs> to him uh, and how influential this film and his those early films were for him. Yeah, I, you're exactly right. You're, you're you you hit it on the head because it's kind of like almost it's kind of like how music was. You know how grunge came in and alternative rock came in and changed the. How music was, I think this Killed film rock and roll. did this. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I, I think this film came in and did the same thing. It changed the way movies were made. I mean, would we have gotten some of the films that we got in the '90s without this? You know, the more grotesque humor films. You know, All I don't right. know. But 
Did I enjoy it? Yeah, I enjoyed it. But like I said, I think it's like more of a nostalgic thing than I, you know, was like laughing out loud the whole time. You know, I mean, there was a few times I, you know, kind of chuckled here and there, but, uh, but like, you know, I, a lot of times I was thinking to myself, God, did we really think this was funny back then? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, and uh, you okay. know, uh, I'll say kind of maybe along with the nostalgia of it is just the. Uh, you know, similar to what I said about Justice League, kind of the, the story of how that movie was made, the story of how Clerks was made, that he shot right, it overnight right. and they, he used all of his buddies and all this kind of stuff. And so that kind of, you know, makes me like, yeah, good for him. Attaboy. I support him. Well, yeah, the myth of the movie is almost as important as the movie. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like I said, I just love the fact that he continued to make, throw these characters in these movies, I mean, like Ben Affleck plays like three different characters in all these movies. You know, he, you know, right? He plays uh, this guy, uh, like a, a bully in Mallrats, and but then he plays this comic book artist and chasing Amy, and you know, and then the bully will come back uh, as Ben Affleck in another movie, but in the same movie, it may be the. The, the comic book artist yeah. from Paul Raps. Yeah, yeah. So, and, you know, same with uh, some of the other guys. So, I don't know. I, I just, I like how he do, kind of does that and kind of ties them all together. And did, did any, at any moment, and maybe this is, again, part of the nostalgia, at any moment, did you ever see that Dante and Randall was a little bit of a reflection of you and Brian? At the comic book store. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. But the whole thing. I mean, my God, we were all <laughs> like this. I mean, I cannot watch any of this without thinking of all of us back. And you too, Brad. I mean, without all of us back in the day at the comic shop. I mean, it's weird. It's about it's just, snowballs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we were all just talking about snowballing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... I mean, I mean, you look at all of that. I mean, it's all of us back back in the day. Yeah. All right. So, what's your next uh, Kevin Smith movie? I am going to do Mallrats. Um, now, are you, are you going in chronological here? order here? I am. I'm going in uh, by the order that they've the release order. Because I think yes. they, I think that the timeline order may be a little bit different than the release order. Yeah, I'm going by release order. So That's Mallrats. Easier. All right. All right. Yeah, after Mallrats, isn't it uh, Dogma? No, Chasing Amy. Oh, sorry, Chasing Amy, then, and then Dogma. Dogma. Right. And then, and then, then Silent Bob strikes and back. And then Gili. Gili. No, 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 no. Gili wasn't part of that. <laughs> I, I can't wait until you get to Red State. Oh, um, that's right. Red no, 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 no. But that's not part of the view askew. No, you're right. You, you want to stick with the view askew, or you don't want to go into Tusk yeah, or uh, Red State. Which Red I State I like. like. The twist of Red State. What's that? The, twi- the twist of Red State's pretty good. I don't remember the twist. I remember I enjoyed it, but yeah. So I will. I will watch Red State because I've heard. It's no, enjoyable. I've heard good yeah. things about it. Yeah, I've heard it was funny. So Tusk I will is ridiculous. Watch it. it's, it's a stupid horror movie, but I, I don't even know if it's really a horror movie. It's, but it's, yeah, I mean, again, if you can tolerate Kevin Smith <laughs> and these long uh, monologues, then, yeah, go ahead and finish watching. Well, you know what? Some of the Kevin Smith stuff, like, you know, like the Jay and Silent Bob stuff, I mean, you watch it, and it's, like, so stupid. But then you, they'll do something, and you'll – 
it is funny. I mean, it's like, God, that's so, you know, so fucking stupid, but it's kind of fucking funny at the same time. So I don't know. I mean, he's made his money off of. Yeah. I mean, it really is. I mean, it is what it is, but. Um, I can't wait to watch Mallrats. All right, I, one of uh, one of the best ones of the the few Askew universe. I think I never. I, and I and I and I would and I would give uh, Clerks probably a four, a four. only because okay. of what Brian said. Because right. it is a because of Brian's I think review. it's uh, yeah because of Brian's review. <laughs> I think Brian hit. I think Brian hit it on the head. You know, I think that's if you want to. Uh, a study in cinema and how things changed. I think uh, this movie is one of the things you need to watch. All right. Well, I think you'll like uh, Malra, rewatching Malra. I think it never, it never got the enough credit that it deserved. I think again, it's kind of a screwball comedy centered around comic book stuff. So it should be right up your alley. Uh, speaking of screwball comedies, comic book stuff, Brian, what's your retro review? Superman 3. I threatened it a couple weeks back. You did. During our Justice League <laughs> review, I threatened and, and argued that that uh, Superman 3 was on par with Zack Snyder's Zack Snyder's. I, I wish uh, Alex Justice was here League. to hear this. I wish he was. I wish he was. But <laughs> honestly, watching the movie, I went down a rabbit hole uh, about uh, how this movie got made. And and some of the reasons why this movie was made the way it was made, and I found it fascinating. So, for my review, like, uh, and to take you guys down memory lane, <clears throat> the film starts with it must have been a forty-five minute opening sequence <laughs> of just slapstick. You know, man falls in a in a, a, a sewer a sewer grate. You know, uh, uh, somebody gets covered in paint because he walks under a ladder. Uh, and it's like they tried to steal every Laurel and Hardy bit they could find and stick at the beginning yes. of this film for some reason. It's pretty ridiculous. Well, uh, she had the blind guy. You had a mime. You had boobers <laughs> with a giant painting. Somebody gets a pie <laughs> in the face. Somebody falls down a manhole. <laughs> like it's. I don't know why this sto- the the show start the movie started with that, but it went on and on and on. Um, and then we're introduced to. Uh, uh, not Lex Luthor, uh, Ross Webster, played by Robert Vaughn, star of numerous 90s and 2000s law firm commercials. Uh, he was the bad guy in the film. The uh, They had this plot point, and this is kind of where I'm getting into the rabbit, rabbit hole, that uh, for some reason, the Daily Planet has like a lotto machine, like a it's called Bingo Jingo, and it's uh, and they pull lotto balls, and somebody at the Daily Planet wins a trip to uh, I don't know Hawaii or something. But was this actually a thing in the in the early eighties? Like, did did all offices have like a lotto machine that they would just raffle uh, off? I don't know. I was, I was in. Tenth grade, so oh, I, I know, know, but like, like I didn't have an, I didn't have a corporate job then. But you think you would have heard about it? But they acted like this was just normal that that they'd have an air pushed lotto machine in the office, and they're giving away trips <laughs> to Hawaii. Uh, we have Jimmy Olsen, which I didn't realize Jimmy Olsen play is who played the cop in Zack Snyder's Superman. The Lois brings the coffee to. Did you know that? Yes. 
Uh, Alex and I knew that because we studied the film, Brian. Yes. <laughs> Do you know also who that is, Brian? Do you know who Jimmy Olsen is? No. <laughs> it is Marty McFly's older brother. Thank you very much. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. Uh, and then you get into where Superman is infected by uh, black kryptonite or kryptonite that's been like uh, uh, corrupted by tar for some reason. And uh, he does such sinister things as uh, blowing out the Olympic flame uh, <laughs> and then uh, fixing yeah. the leaning tower of pizza. That bastard. Pizza. That son of a bitch. <laughs> he straightened the leading tower of Pisa. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, unbelievably campy, like just very weird decisions made with the film. And I'm like, whoa. And one of which is Margot Kidder shows up in the, at the beginning of the movie and at the very end. And she is nowhere to be found in the meat of the movie. Like she, she was not, in, she was in treatment in between the uh, first and last take. That's what I thought. That's exactly what I thought. I was like, was she in rehab? So I looked it up. That is not the case. No. Brad. Wow. All right. So this all the all of this stems around the fact that during production of Superman two, Richard Donner was fired because he got into a dispute with. Uh, Alexander Salkind and Ilya Salkind, the producers of Superman one and two. So the reason why, so uh, daughter was relieved of duties during Superman two and um, Margot Kidder. Well, everybody took issue with it, but Margot T Kidder took issue with it and said something to the Salkins about it. And they basically wrote her out of the film and their justification was that, uh, there was little need for Lois in the movie because her relationship with Superman ended at the end of Superman 2. So when Superman kissed her and took her memories away, as far as they were concerned, that was the end of Lois Lane. They didn't wow. need Lois Lane anymore. And when Damn. she she yeah, came to them the about yeah, when she came to them uh, about Richard Donner being fired, they they gave, they reduced her part to she's only in the film for five minutes and only has twelve lines. So, which wow. I found fascinating. Now, it goes further. <laughs> Christopher Reeve was also pissed. He threatened to to not to return because of Richard Donner's um, firing, and because he hated the script that they presented him with. So they went out and started doing an actor search to replace him. On the list of people that they that they auditioned to replace uh, Christopher Reeve. John Travolta, Jeff Bridges, Russell. Wow. And okay. guess guess who they offered the part to? You gotta think, this, is, this is mid-80s. Mid-80s, like 84, I think. One of the hottest the, stars on television. The Duke Boys? Tony Danza. Oh, Tony Danson. Tony Danson. Oh my God. They offered the part of of Clark Kent to Tony Danson. Uh, oh Richard God. Lester, who was the director, like freaked out, <laughs> went to Reeves and begged him to come back. Begged him to come back. 
And Reeves said he'd come back if he could have if he could make changes to the script. Right. I, I, I remember that part of it. So that's why he came back. Uh, the script originally, the original script, for, which was Donner's, I guess, treatment, was going to at one point feature Brainiac, which I always said Brainiac would be. I don't know why we still haven't got done Brainiac in a <laughs> Superman movie. And Mr. Mishes Spidlick. Right. Yeah. And they already had the casting in mind for Mr. Mrs. Spitalik. Would you like to guess who that was? Danny DeVito. Mm, good guess. Mm. BMR. Stuck in taxi. Let's see. Mid eighties. Oh, uh, Andy Kaufman. Nope. Robin Dudley Williams. Moore. Uh, oh. <laughs> Dudley. Oh, God. Yeah, he would have been good. Yeah. As Mr. Michelle Spitalik. And mm. the story would, and it would have also introduced Supergirl in that film. Wow. And it, the, 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 Donner you know, the final act Donner must be writing for Falcon and Winter Soldier. He crammed in everything. I know. And so it was going to be the, you know, the big battle at the end would be, you know, Supergirl and Superman versus, uh, Michelle Spitalik and, uh, Brainiac. Uh, let's see. There's a couple of others that I thought was interesting in this. Oh, the, um, the video game scene where, where Gus is trying to shoot Superman or where Robert Vaughn's trying to shoot Superman. That was, I always said it looked like a video game. It was, uh, that was footage from an Atari video game that they were trying to develop for Superman (laughs) three. That was awful. That that whole scene was just terrible. And oh, I thought this was pretty interesting. The uh, ori- the original title for the film was going to be Superman versus Superman, and yeah. uh, they changed it because the producers of Kramer versus Kramer threatened to sue. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I kind of like that Superman versus Superman though. That that kind of lays it all out. I've, if if that would have been the entire movie, but uh, that was only really a part of it at the beginning, right? Uh, no, no, it was towards the end. Was it? It was like was that third act where he fights himself in the junkyard. Okay, <laughs> so I thought. I, I guess I was thinking that the uh, that it was kind of uh, almost like in two parts that that was part of it, and then the second part was the whole Gus and uh, Robert Vaughn type stuff. Yeah, no, it's kind of. Super the Gus and Robert Vaughn stuff kind of it's it's running in the background yeah. while Superman's you know trying to own uh, Lana himself. Lang and yeah. and fight himself in a junkyard. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's see. Anything else? Well, correct me. I when you when you when I saw that you had re- were reviewing this movie, didn't we? As before, we were even maybe we were pod boys. We, we were pre 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 pod men. Didn't we try to do a mystery science theater on Superman three? And everybody yeah. was watching it at the same time. And I think most of us all fell asleep. Yeah, we all yeah. we all we started off, it at yeah. like midnight or something stupid like that, right? Like yeah, ten o'clock. Yeah, like this podcast. <laughs> we learned nothing, but that was we didn't record that. That was before recording. That was kind of trial run type stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Fond memories. 
Speaking of Mystery Science Theater 3000, they're trying to do another Kickstarter fund. So y'all throw some money that way to, to help them. Because I love that show. And Netflix really fucked it up by not renewing it. It was actually funny on Netflix. I don't understand why they did away they with it. They did like 14... 14- Movie-length episodes. I mean, what the hell more do you want? Like, I want a more. season a year. I mean, if we can do goddamn, uh, you know, nailed it for you know five seasons. Why can't we do fucking five seasons? Of well, they filmed those five seasons in like three days. <laughs> yeah, but somebody could do the same thing with Mystery Science Theater. Yeah, I think I mean, it'd be cheap enough to produce, right? I mean, yeah, forget about the interstitials. Like, I fast forward through those anyway. Yeah, I mean. That was pretty funny. I mean, I thought, uh, what is it, Felicia Day and uh, Oswald? Uh, what's his name? No, not that guy. I can't no, stand that guy. The other, guy. the other one. Um, what was the main guy? The one that did the uh, Jonah. Yeah, Jonah Hill. Or it's not no, Jonah. Jonah um, Hex. Jonah Ray. Jonah Hex. Jonah, Jonah Ray. Ray. I thought he was really good. Actually, I thought he did a great job. I, I like Felicia Day on it. I'm, it was really funny. I mean the. But of course, they you know anything Netflix has that's halfway decent, they cancel it. So. All right, but so. they want to bring it back again. So not Netflix, but the the um, Joel whatever Joel his name is. Yeah, he wants to do it on a, his own. Like I don't I don't really know what platform he wants to do it, but he wants to be more in control of it. Just where I think that you it. would you would have to like get it off the internet or something. I don't know. Anyway. Anyway, so back to Superman 3, Brian. <laughs> what, <laughs> what, what do you give this movie? What do you rate this movie for nostalgia's sake? It's a nostalgic episode. For nostalgia's sake, uh, I'll give it a three. All right, it's watchable. I'll give it a three. It's, uh, it's watchable and, and kind of like what we said about Zack Snyder's Superman and the other ones. The fact that it got made and the reasons why it got made this way are kind of fascinating. Right. Look at it. We're so, like a film study class here. I love it. Yeah, that's right. All right. That's right. All right. So now, so now let's, uh, should we see what we're looking at? Yep. Meanwhile in the podcast. What you looking at? All right. What you looking at? Uh, what you, uh, what you looking at, Brian? I have started watching a program that I haven't watched in easily 20 years, easily 20 years. And, and it's on HBO max and did not. And I was like, I wonder if that shows and it is, you know, um, but it's incredibly interesting to see. This is like that, uh, the Kevin Smith, uh, argument we just made. The influence that this show had on today's television uh, and popular shows today, I started watching the Larry Sanders show. Ah, I love it. I love Larry Sanders. Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman. Uh, Gary Shandling, Rip Torn. Um, Hank Hensley. Oh my, Hank <laughs> Whatever it is. <laughs> hey, now. Hey, yeah, what's uh Jeffrey Tambor. Jeffrey Tambor. Yeah, uh, Janine Garofalo, uh, Jeremy Piven, right? Uh, great show. I'm already, uh, I started it just like a day or two ago and I'm already up to like episode nine or something. It's, uh, but you know, it's, he's got his, you know, fake talk show 
he's going up against Leno and, and, uh, um, Carson's just stepped down. So he's going against Leno and he's going against Arsenio Hall. Right. And they, re- and they name check them. Uh, a lot of times they start the show and they mention the guests that are going to be on the episode, but then you never see them. Right. You know, so it'll, so it'll be like, you know, Lyle Lovett's on this episode, blah, blah, blah. And you Jack never Hanna. see Lyle Lovett. Yeah. yeah Jack Hanna. Oh, <laughs> but, uh, uh, and it's, it goes, it's all the back office, it's all the politics, it's the network getting involved with the show, it's uh, Gary himself, or Larry Sanders himself, who is comedy gold. Uh, but what's, what I'm watching, I'm like, this is Kirby Enthusiasm. You can see a lot yeah. of, of influence in Kirby Enthusiasm in Larry Sanders' show. And then it's like, I'm like... Well, no, this this seems a lot like The Office. These parts right here seem very, very much like The Office. So, yeah, just watching Larry Sanders' show, and it went around for six seasons. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's really good, really good show. There's lots of cameos, right? Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's uh, very influential. Very influential it to is. the way we make TV now. It, it is a great show. I will say that I've because uh, I had started watching it, rewatching it a while back. I don't know if I got to past like season four. You know, not for lack of it. So um, it was just for lack of trying that I didn't get past season four. Uh, so I, I wonder if, if you keep on with it. Uh, if like the later seasons, do they start falling apart? But. Um, I don't. I don't remember. I, I know when it was on on the air on HBO. I I loved it back then. And it's. I think to your point. Uh, aside from maybe some of the fashions <laughs> that Larry yeah. wears, uh, it completely holds up. Uh, Podman, yeah, Ron, the double breasted suit looks awful. <laughs> all of the clothes <laughs> look horrible. Yeah, uh, they look awful. Fashion talk on the Podman. Podman, Ron, did you ever watch Larry Sanders? I did not, but uh, you know what's it on right now? Is it on a HBO series? Max? Okay, I'm gonna watch it. You should That's watch my it. Next yeah, show I'm gonna watch. And you After could I watch. Can suffer, finish suffering through Barry. So, <laughs> jeez, that hurts. Uh, you could also watch as a uh, a long precursor to it. I think it's there. It's two episodes. It's probably like four hours documentary that Judd Apatow did on Gary Shandling. Uh, called the Zen Diaries of Gary Shandling. It's about his whole life and everything. Absolutely fantastic documentary uh, about him that maybe you could watch beforehand and kind of get what was going on on the show because it talks about leading up to him wanting more control of his show that he lost the the uh, Larry or the it's Gary, Gary Shandling show. show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that he started losing control of that and all this kind of stuff, and that's where the Larry Sanders show was kind of born out of. Um, but yeah, so Brian, if you, if you want to take a break from that and go to watch, uh, that documentary is, uh, fantastic. Yeah, I will definitely watch that. I love Gary Shandling. Like I will, I, I loved, uh, it's Gary Shandling show. I watched it. I mean, I was like 12, 13 <laughs> years old, like, yeah. and I'm watching it's Gary Shandling show on Showtime, you know? But, uh, yeah, the, it's really good. It, really, really good. What, what makes it also fascinating again in this documentary it talks about because I guess Apatow uh, was kind of an underling that Gary Shandling kind of took him under his wing and stuff like that type stuff. So he had a really close relationship with him. 
Um, but he, you know, he talks about how meticulous of an artist that Gary Shandling was when it comes to making jokes. And he would just mm-hmm. worry over, you know, neurotically worry over the phrasing of things and rework things and rework things and have just, you know, pocket full of notes and all that kind of stuff. So it, again, when we think of, uh, the great comedians like Gary Shandling and Richard Pryor, uh, you think that it just rolls off the top of their tongues, uh, <laughs> Uh, but, uh, you know, this really showed the craft of, uh, being a comedian and everything. So neat. that's really so. cool. Cool. But Podman Ron, are you, uh, looking at anything? I am not. Nothing. All right. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, I am, uh, looking again, this, uh, I hate that this has turned into a big HBO max commercial, but on HBO max is a ABC comedy, uh, happy endings, uh, only three seasons, but, I remember when it was on in the uh, what, 2017, maybe it ended. I'm not sure. Uh, but not too, too old. Uh, uh, Brian, did you ever watch Happy Endings? Did you ever get a happy ending? No, no. Sadly, to this day. It was a little – it's a little bit like uh, Seinfeld meets Friends meets Arrested Development, sort of. Uh, so it's about you know six characters that they all either went to school together or graduated together, whatever. And um, uh, so so it's kind of like Friends in that respect, but it's like Seinfeld in the sense that they're none of them are really really likable. Each one of them has their own kind of issues, sort of like. Uh, and it's like Arrested Development that it does kind of it, it has just really ridiculous type things that happen that are you know not quite as grounded in reality like friends or something like that uh, where they, you know, they all want to whatever talk British for a day or something like that. But uh, really good sitcom, um, but not, not a sitcom sitcom. It does have shades of arrested development. And I think one of the reasons why is because those damn Russo, those beautiful Russo brothers, uh, they were producers of it or they directed a few episodes and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, if you want a, a quick sitcom fix, then I would suggest Happy Endings. I'll have to look at both of those. those, those um, the, I've always wanted to watch Larry Sanders shows, and so I'm hoping uh, good, episode two good shows got, to watch. Yeah, episode two's got the Shatner uh, conference call. You remember that, Brad? God, no, I don't remember. I don't remember they that. They call either. Shatner's doing like uh, uh, a. Uh, the news down the hall or something very and and so they're trying to pull him in to do a skit with larry and uh so they call him on the conference call larry's like put it on the conference put it on the conference so we can all hear and they call and they and he tells them that they're all by themselves that it's oh no no it's just me i just got you on speaker because the handset's broken but listen larry would love for you to do this star trek skit on the show and he's like chatter's like uh, don't you think that's overplayed? Don't you think that's like the least inspired thing we could possibly do? And then Larry jumps in and goes, hey, uh, hey, Bill, I was just walking by and heard your voice. Listen, did they tell you about our idea for the Star Trek skit tonight? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Super <laughs> excited. It. It's going to be great. <laughs> yeah, Rip, uh, Rip, uh, t- uh, Rip Torn. Torn. Yeah, I was about to say mm-hmm. Rip Taylor. <laughs> Rip Torn is fantastic in that as Mar- uh Marty, shit, no, Artie, Artie, the Artie, uh, producer. Yeah, uh, yeah he is, he is, uh, he's fantastic and, in it. And that's the thing is, it's he's plays essentially the exact same character <laughs> oh, in Dirty yeah. Rock. Oh, completely. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, uh, I will definitely uh, 
yeah, this will be my next thing after I get through Barry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it. To your point, Brian, a little bit of shades of Thirty Rock in in Larry Sanders as well, right? Not yeah. again. It's not quite as grounded as uh, you know. Thirty Rock did some you know really goofbally screwball type comedy things, uh, but a little bit like that from the uh, TV making TV perspective. Yeah, the Mimi Rogers episode where she keeps flirting with him, and he has <laughs> right. her come back, and so he has her come back the very next night. He bumps Michael Richards because he keeps flirting with Mimi Rogers. <laughs> And, and then it cuts to meet Michael Richards in the back, all pissed that he got bumped. And then, and then he invites Mimi Rogers back to, to, for the next night, for the very next night, because she was flirting with him. It's, uh, it actually sounds pretty good. It's, it's a good show. It's a good show. And his wife got mad about him flirting. Yeah. Her girlfriend. Yes. Uh, the other thing that, again, you'll in the uh, documentary, Hank's uh, assistant. Jean, oh, yeah. whatever her name is. That was uh, Gary Shandling's real-life girlfriend for a long time. Oh. And they well, they broke it. up because I think she wanted to get married and he couldn't make the commitment or whatever, and so she ended up having to leave the show. <laughs> so, oh, that sucks. Yeah, well, you know, it happens. That's what happens sometimes. Oh, like episode three when David Spade co-hosts for him. Oh, yeah, I remember that one. Yeah. It's a great show. All right. Great, oh, great show. I will definitely watch it. All right. Look at that. We, I think we're going to get Podman Ron on. Well, if we can yeah. get him past Barry, if we can get past. Yeah. Y'all, yeah. I, maybe I shouldn't watch it because y'all love Barry. And that, that's. You didn't like episode five of season two? I haven't two? gotten to that far He yet. hasn't gotten to like it yet. episode three. I'm almost there. All right. I mean, uh-huh. you've got only a few more episodes to go. you got to yeah, finish I'm, it up and then see what happens. <sighs> Breaking news, though. I don't know how breaking it is, but I just read it. (laughs) Uh, MacGyver's been canceled. (laughs) (laughs) We've never acknowledged before on the podcast in any way, shape, or form. What'd you say? A show we've never acknowledged in any way, shape, or form on the podcast has been canceled. Well, it's been canceled, so there you go. We'll catch up on it. We'll catch up on Paramount Plus, I guess. And All right. they're keeping Queen Latifah's equalizer. <laughs> oh, God. Queen Latifah's equalizer. Uh, we need to, you know what? We, we talk about, we need to uh, Mystery Science Theater, Queen Latifah's <laughs> equalizer one night. Good. We don't know. Oh, I know. I'll yeah, never know. I, well, I will never know. All right. Well, I think that wraps it up. Uh, another uh, another solid episode, this time without Alex. I, I do want to give a shout out to Alex's girlfriend, Georgina, because she, she was upset because I butchered her name not too long ago. So I do. Wow. Uh, yeah, let's uh, save that for the very, if she's sitting well, for would two you like hours to of this shout episode. out to uh, Idris Elba because you your his name <laughs> Georgiana and Idris Elba I'm so sorry <laughs> I, now I've never understood Idris Elba's name <laughs> no don't get me started on Georgiana I am it's Georgina. Georgina. All right. Well, maybe we'll. I don't hear, know how maybe... I butchered that. I mean, I don't know why I would call. Uh, I don't. I don't know. It's. it's, it's a very I don't even know what you would have said to butcher it. I, I called her Georgiana. That sounds a little bit more exotic. I think there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> you messed up, Georgina. 
I know, right? I don't know how I missed that, but uh, yeah. Considering where you live, uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh well. Wow. I live in Georgia. All right. All right well. So shout out, out. Shout out to Georgina. If you're listening, which you probably aren't, we'll just have. She we'll, probably isn't. We'll we'll tell her to listen to the last, uh, not listen to the full two hours. <laughs> she don't have to listen to the whole thing. She just got to listen to just the last. Two minutes. All we right. kept this to a tight hour and 40 minutes. <laughs> yeah, there we go. That's horrible. All right. Uh, well, uh, hopefully we will record next week. Maybe we should take a week off when there's nothing really to talk about. No, we, we got, about don't, don't we got Mortal Kombat coming out? Uh, no, week, not for it? another week. Yeah, yeah. It's not this week, it's next week. Yeah, so we can skip a week if you wanted to take a vacation. No, we're not going to skip it. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it, and you'll have to pay extra on Patreon and OnlyFans. For that. Yeah, I mean, people are to find we got out. fans out. We got fans out there. Podman After Dark, but until next time. Save it for the podcast. <laughs>